Well, God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. He is greatly and worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be adored. He is a great king, a great God. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He is beginning. He is ending. He is our author and the finisher of our faith. He is a sustainer of your life. He is a worthy to be praised. And if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, then I know for a fact I would not have made it. There are situations that you've been in in your life, but you didn't get out of those things because you're so good, because you can talk so good, not because you were so pretty, not because in the name of Jesus you can drive so good, not because of because of your money, not because of who you know and don't know, the things you've gotten out of your, in your life. You didn't get out just because in the name of Jesus, glory to God, that you was uh, didn't talk so fast or that in the name of Jesus, but it's simply because God was protecting you from dangerous seen and unseen, and you ought to give him the glory that is due to his name. Glory to God. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. Give him the honor, because if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, you would not be here. Hallelujah. That's a lot. I just passed um, on the street in commerce. My God, and they were having a funeral. Somebody's not going to make it to 2023. And I don't know if that person's saved or not saved. I do know this. Acts of one of the body present with the Lord. But I do know this also. That if you die without the Lord. Whew, my God. Go meet to Luke chapter 7 real quick. Let me show you something real quick. And Luke chapter 7 and around verse number 1 says this. Now when he had entered all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant was dear to unto him was sick and ready to die. There's some things in your life right now that are ready to die. What about I said? Let me show you something. You may have a marriage that's ready to die. You may have a business ready to die. You may have do call about some dreams and, and some of you probably don't try to go back to school. You may you, you may be ready to throw in the towel. You may be things are ready to die. But let me show you something in Jesus' name. And when you had heard of Jesus Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When he had heard, when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeking him that he would come and heal his servant. Now, when he heard of Jesus, what did he hear? I don't know. Perhaps he might have heard that Jesus can change water to wine. Perhaps he had might have heard about Jesus walking on top of the water. Perhaps he might have heard about the the the, the, the paralyzed man that was 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 born of four and they came in and they got um. Broke up the roof and let the man down before Jesus and Jesus healed the man. Perhaps he might have heard of Lazarus being raised from the grave. Perhaps he might have heard about Peter's mother-in-law being. I don't know what he heard. But I do know whatever he heard, it gave him enough faith to know that Jesus is able to fix the things that are ready to die. I don't know what you got going on right now that is ready to die. But I do know one thing is for certain that the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth is able to fix the things that are ready to die. Can I show you something real quick in Jesus' name? My God, and he says so. In verse 4, it said, When they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and hath built us a synagogue. And then Jesus went with them, and when he saw, now not far from the house, Centurion sent friends him saying unto him, Lord, show not thyself, for I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. 
Wherefore, that neither shall I thought myself worthy to come unto thee, but seeing a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh. And then my servant do this, and he doeth it. Listen what the man is saying. He said, Lord, I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof, but speak the word only. <laughs> and my servant shall be healed. My God, do you have a speak the word only faith? This man says, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Can I show you something else? He said, I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, he goes, and this man come, he has to come to me. This is Luke chapter 7. So what he's saying is, I have the authority over people. I have the authority over soldiers. And I'm also under authority. Somebody has the authority over me. So if that person says to me, do this, then I have to do it. My God. So he recognized that Jesus has the authority over death. My God in here. And he's saying this, and if you tell death to go, he has to go. Did you know that your God has the authority over cancer? He has the authority over diagnosis, over COVID. He has the authority over the measles and the mumps. He has the authority over depression. He has the authority over your your drug addiction. He has the authority over the thing that's been troubling you. And if the, the Lord says, go, it got to go. And next time you get in trouble, before you throw in the towel, call on the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they are safe. My God, I'm safe when I call on the name of Jesus. I'm a, he said, I'm a man on authority. Let's see what else the Bible says. Luke chapter 7, around verse number 9. Let's see what Jesus said. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. My God, I want to, in 2023, let's get Jesus to marvel again. Let's get Jesus to marvel at our faith. Jesus marveled. My God. And he says this, he said, turn to him about, and he said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, this is Jesus, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. My God in here. How does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Let's go on and see what the word of the Lord says. And they that were sent returned to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Listen, let me tell you something right in Jesus' name, that Jesus is the master over death. You don't believe me? Then let's keep reading. This is in Luke chapter 7, around verse number 11. It says this, And it came to pass the day after. That he went into a, a city, day after what? Day after what we just uh, witnessed, we just read. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, you got to understand that when Jesus walked the earth, he was something like a movie star. He was something like a rock star. He was something like a R&B. It, 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 it just was impossible to hide him. Let me tell you something about the Lord. When he walked the face of the earth, it was always a crowd that was drawn. Because of the things that he was saying, the things that he was doing, uh, the miracles he was doing, the doctrine he was teaching. Uh, my God, all these things were happening and people wanted to just get a glimpse of what is he going to do today. I mean, yesterday he fed 5,000 people. I mean, what is he going to do today? Is he going to walk on top of water? Is he going to turn water to wine? Is he going to, I mean, is he going to heal um, the one with the issue of blood? Is he going to raise Jairus' daughter? 
from the grave. He's going to heal Lazarus. The man been dead four days. He telling him to come. What is he going to do to this? My God, people just want to be around him. As a matter of fact, like, like, hey, for instance, like if, if Denzel Washington wants to walk down the street right now, as soon as people recognize who he is, he would draw a crowd. If Rabbi Soto Rabbi, Jennifer Lopez, or Ben Affleck, or uh, 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 Aaron Judge, or you are sports fans, or Michael Jordan, or LeBron James, or somebody that walks down the street right now, they would draw a crowd. If they was going to the supermarket, they would draw a crowd. They couldn't even shop because people were asking for autographs. People were trying to get pictures. People were going crazy. Oh, my God. If all these people was a walk amongst normal people of everyday life, they would draw a crowd. That's how it was with the Lord. <laughs> because whenever he showed up, miracles, miracles happened. My God, anytime a man shows up in a house, Jesus is in the house once he was preaching, and the house got so full, couldn't nobody even get in. And like I was saying before, they had a man that was paralyzed, he couldn't get in, and he had four friends that, that take him, and he was, he was paralyzed, they couldn't get into the front door. So they went on top of the roof, they climbed on top of the side of the house, opened the roof, and let the man die. Because when he preaches, when he teaches, Jesus draws a crowd. And that's why a lot of people are envious of him. Religious leaders are envious of him. And so it is today. You got Joel Osteins. I know he got a lot of haters. You got a Bishop Jakes. I know he got a lot of haters. I know all these uh, people that, that draw a whole lot of crowd. If you're going to draw a whole lot of crowd, and hover, get ready for the haters because people don't like that. Other preachers don't like it. They're jealous. <laughs> they ain't going to admit it, but they're jealous. Because they ain't going to admit it. They won't admit it. <laughs> oh, my God in here. Oh, it's time. It's time to go. Oh, it's time. So when the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 7, around verse number 11, and to prove my point, um, to prove my point, when Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate did not want to um, execute. He did not want to crucify Jesus. Because the Bible will say this, if you read your Bible real closely, the Bible will say that Pilate knew that the other, other religious leaders delivered Jesus to him because they was envious of him. Read your Bible real closely. Read your Bible real closely. I just thought I heard somebody get in my car. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on for a minute. The devil is a lie. Wait a minute. You ain't gonna start me. You ain't gonna hold on now. Not enough. the Bible says that when the Lord comes back, he's come back like a thief in the night. How does a thief come? A thief comes unannounced. You, you can't really say he comes, but it, a thief comes unannounced. There's no thief out there right now going to tell you, hey, hey, how you doing tonight? How you, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to break in your house tonight. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to take this, that, and the other. And, and just, just so you know, I'm, I'm going to grab this out of your house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And just make sure you're ready. I'm going to be about 10 o'clock. And no, a thief comes Unannounced. Did you know that the Lord is coming back like a thief in the night? We got to be ready for him, though, don't we? Well, I want you to know that you who have has the Holy Spirit deep off inside of you, you're ready. I know preachers are preaching that you can lose your salvation. I know preachers are preaching there's no thing, such thing as eternal salvation. I know preachers out there preaching that... that you, you, you can't be once saved and always saved. You got to keep going. And I know preachers out there preaching that. that There's nothing in the word that backs that up. And if they do get a scripture to try to back that up, they're, they're preaching, they're teaching and preaching and thinking error. Because if that's so, then 
the Bible will contradict himself. Jesus saying that if it, man, yeah. Oof. Whole Luke 7. Whole Luke 7. And go with me to the book of John. The book of John. I do believe it's chapter 3. I'll let you know in a minute when I get over there. Exactly where I want you to go. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, but see. And I Call me to John chapter 3. And I will read for you, boss. Number 9. It says, Nicodemus asked and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus asked and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you of earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even a son of man which is in heaven. That's a mouthful in itself, but I ain't going to go there right now. I'm going to show you something. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Now watch him turn on Moses, and they was getting bit by snakes in the wilderness when it was going through that cell in the wilderness. And so Moses made a brazen serpent, and whoever got bit by a snake and was dying, all they had to do was look at that brazen serpent that Moses had in his hand that Moses held up, and they were healed. Same way if you're um, um, bitten by sin, caught up in sin, you look at the cross to be healed from whatever. Son of bullshit. Ooh, but let your pastor understand that. I'll let your pastor teach that to you. But anyway, I want to get to this. Watch this now, verse 15. This is St. John chapter 3 and verse 15. Here's what Jesus said. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. For, did you see that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him to not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believes in Jesus has everlasting life. Watch this. And whosoever believe in Jesus should not perish, but have eternal life. Now watch, he said it twice. Now watch verse 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now watch this. He that believe on him is not condemned. This is St. John chapter 3 and around verse 18. He that believe on him is not condemned. But he that believe not is condemned already because he has not believed in the a name of the only begotten Son of God. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now watch this. Jesus just said three or four times now, if you believe on me, let me reverse. If you believe on me, you're on, you are not condemned. But if you don't believe, then those are the people that are condemned. Now, how can he say that Jesus say, well, if you believe on me, you're not condemned. And a preacher turn around and say, well, I don't think you're saved. You might, you might still be going to hell. I, I know. Jesus said he that believes in me is not condemned. The Bible won't contradict himself. So if anybody comes to you, any kind of scripture trying to tell you that you're going to hell that you don't believe on Jesus and got saved, they, they speak it in error. That's a scripture that they don't, they don't, they, they misinterpret. Anyway, Luke, back to Luke chapter 7. See, how can you see miracles in your church? If the folks in the don't even believe that they're saved. 
How can you see miracles in the church if you think you're getting saved by your works? You see, the Bible says something interesting about the about working of miracles. Paul said, oh, Rabbi. Paul said this, that he that worketh miracles among you, you think he's doing it by because of his works, by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. It takes faith to work miracles. It don't take it don't take your you, your so-called good works. It takes love to work miracles. How you gonna see, you wanna see miracles by you? Almost That's why men like ooh, how did I go here? I'm going Luke chapter seven and verse number. That's why men like Peter, who's denying the Lord. Peter denied, I don't even know him. I don't, three times he said, I don't know what it is. He not Lord. He began to sink one time as he's trying to walk on water. Uh, Peter began to rebuke the Lord, saying the Lord is not gonna be uh, go to the cross. Uh, Peter had to rebuke all kind of things in the scriptures. You'll see Peter can rebuke something going on with him, and yet. Peter's shadow was healing people. Yet Peter can walk up to a man that's been paralyzed for about 38 something years and say, get up and walk. How's he able to do that? Because he's so good? No. Because of faith. Because of love. Because he knows that he that believeth from Jesus is not condemned. Jesus said something awesome that he... Should I go here? Go Hold Luke 7 again. I'm going to get to Luke 7, 11. Go with me to St. John real quick. Chapter 14. And, and I'm going to show you how miracles are performed. If you think that you're going to get performed because you're so good and because of good works, you'll never see miracles. You ain't got to worry about seeing it. You ain't got to worry about it. I know. Shama Koba. You ain't got to worry about it. Let me, so, let me say with John. St. John chapter 14, verse number 1. Whoo, this is so good. Let me show you something. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Why? Why? Why, Jesus? In my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am. Day may you be also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. Watch this. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Watch what Jesus said. Thomas said, watch this. Jesus said unto him, I, I am the way. Did you know that the way is not something, the way is someone. <laughs> how, how do you get to heaven? Good works? That's not the way. Jesus said, I am the way. What is he saying? The same thing he was saying in John chapter 3. You got to believe on me to get there. So, it, it, oh my God, it's just so much. It's just so much. That's why you don't understand that's a second death. That's why you, maybe your pastor teaching one day that there's, uh, there's two resurrections. Maybe you got to understand something that there, there's going to be a, 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 a the judgment seat of Christ. And there's going to be a great white throne judgment. Maybe you got to understand that God's not appointing his people to wrath. Let me keep going on. But I want to show you how, to, how uh, I want to show you how uh, the miracles come in. How I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you have known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. Lord have mercy. 
Philip said unto him, Lord, show us a father and suffice us. He said, show us a father and we'll be satisfied. Watch what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet has I not known you, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the father. How sayest thou then, show us the father? Believest thou that I am in the father and the father in me? The words that I, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the father dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. The father is the one that casts these demons out. Rabosha, the Lord that's only inside you is going to be the one that casts the demons out. The Lord inside is going to be the one that's going to be healing the sick and raising the He's going to be the one to perform the miracles. You just got to believe in him. But let's go. Let's go deeper. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and great works in these shall they do. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask them in my name, I that, that what I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my, in my name, I will do it. What have you asked the Lord lately? And he says you're going, he's going to do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He's going to do it because you believe on him. You want to see miracles? See, you think you can't see miracles because, oh my God, uh, uh, I'm not good enough to receive. I'm not good enough to, to be used. Then you'll never be used. But when you realize that, of course you're not good enough to be used. <laughs> it's because you believe on Jesus. You think Peter thought he was good enough to be used? You think Paul was thinking he was worthy enough to have from his body taking handkerchiefs and aprons and things like that and people be healed? After he don't persecute the church all them years and all that stuff? No. But they knew one thing. They believed on Jesus. Do you believe on Jesus? Do you believe? Let me go to Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to give Luke chapter 7 and around verse number 11 says this. And it came to pass the day after that he went to the city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Because I told you he was like a rock star. And now when he came now to the gates of the city. And let me tell you what else the reason why they followed him. Why is it my spirit? They were following the anointing. They were following the anointing. They were following the anointing. They were drawn to the anointing. If you're anointed, then people will be drawn to you. I'm not talking about having a big church. I'm not talking about having a big church. Because sometimes... It, Sometimes you know, big churches are cool and real nice, but just because someone has a big, big, big ministry, a big church, doesn't necessarily mean that people are following the anointing. Sometimes people are following the crowd, but one thing is for certain that even when this is what I'm saying, even when the lights are turned off and you're out of the pulpit, when you're walking on the street, people will follow the anointing. When you're amongst your family, people want to be around the anointing. What they'll call Abasha. They just don't stop. They just want to be, and they don't know what it is. It's the anointing that they're following. They're following Jesus. Watch this now. And they're following Jesus through the city called Nam. Now, when he had came down to this gate, the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. You see that? Now he just healed. He just healed the centurion servant and stopped the centurion servant from dying. But watch this now. Here's somebody who actually has died and, 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 and came to the gate of the city. Behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And much people of the city were with her. Here's a funeral going on. Dead man to carry out. 
the only son of a widow. Woman has no husband. Husband's passed away. Now she has no son. Sounds like an impossible situation. Traumatizing. Demoralizing. Depression. All kind of things can set in. Let's see what goes on here. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Now, the word compassion means here, sympathias. It means to have a feeling, feeling of or to put yourself in that person's situation. That's how the gifts of the spirit are manifested and operated. They're not operated through your good works. They're not operated because you the person is so good. God can use somebody that you think he shouldn't be using. But because that person believes and because a person has compassion, God will use them. We often say the Holy Spirit is, is in charge of the church. Is he really? Is he really allowed to be to operate? Is he really allowed to be operate? Because when the Holy Spirit is, is in authority, oftentimes he'll do things that's unorthodox. Oftentimes he'll do things that's off script. It doesn't fit our program, what we thought, what was going to go on. Jesus had compassion on this woman. Watch what he says to her. He said unto her, weep not. That's an interesting word that Jesus spoke to this woman that a widow and her husband just died. Her husband had already died and her, and her son just died. And he says to her, weep not. The word that Jesus gave to this woman doesn't make sense and it doesn't fit her situation. My God in here. See, you know, so oftentimes God will give you a word that doesn't make sense or doesn't fit your situation. My God in here. Weep not. Husband is gone. Son just died. But the Lord is telling you, yeah, don't even worry about it. Don't even cry. Ah, there's some best friends that left your life. The Lord is saying, don't cry. There's some husbands that don't file for divorce. The Lord is saying, don't cry. There's some wives that don't step out on you. Don't cry. There's some things that business might have failed and folded up and you might have lost it for one Don't cry. There's some things going on right now. Don't hold out about shit here that seems like impossible to you. But I know sure. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. He's saying, don't weep. Don't cry. And, and I think about if God is telling this woman that husband is gone, son just died, and if he's telling them to weep, telling her to weep not, then he must be saying that weeping man do it for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. My God in here. Woo! Weeping man do it for a night, but joy. Let's see what else happens. I got to get out of here. And he came and touched the buyer. Now, the buyer is an open casket. That means this, 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 no man is dead, and it's an open casket. And it's his body is, is dead to view before everyone. So everyone sees this woman's situation. Everyone sees this, this man dead. And I often wonder, why does God allow people to see your situation? Everybody's seen the furniture get pulled. Everybody's seen the car get repulled. Everybody knows that the husband left, even though you're trying to keep it on low. Everybody knows that the wife has stepped out. Everybody knows that they lost your money. Everybody knows that you had to downgrade. Everybody knows that you've been diagnosed with this and that and that and the other. And all kind of, everybody knows that your son may be a little out there. And I said, why does God allow people often to know your business? And I believe this is the reason why. Because the same people that see this woman's son being dead are the very same people who's getting ready to see the miracle take place and this man be brought along. I know sure what I about. The same people who laughed at you are going to be the same people who see you come out of your situation. The same folks who rejoice 
and clapped their hands and did all these things to you and seen the church fold and seen you lose your, your life and your license and different things are going to be the very same people that are going to see God bring you out. My God in here. For the Lord prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. My God in here. Don't, don't be embarrassed. God is going to bring you out. Let me tell you something real quick. And he came and touched the buyer. Now, I also want to say something else about the buyer. Ugh, so sure cool. Because according to the Bible, according to the Bible, according to the book of Numbers, here it is. Numbers chapter 19 and verse number 11 and 16. According to the book of Numbers, according to the law, Jesus was not supposed to touch the buyer. Because the Bible says, he that touches the dead body shall be unclean seven days. <laughs> so Jesus was not supposed to touch the body. But because Jesus is a lawgiver, he can touch what he wants to touch. My God in here. Jesus is able to touch some things that other preachers can't touch. Jesus is able to touch some things that your pastor won't touch. Jesus is able to touch some things that your best friend don't want nothing to do with you. Jesus is able to touch some things that your mother, your daddy, your sister, your, your, your pastor, your wife, your, your priest, whatever it is. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to talk to you about it. They don't want to touch it. But Jesus is able to put his hands on things. And it won't make him unclean, but it will make you clean. My God in here. Because he is a lawgiver. My God. It reminds me of a message that I preached a long time ago. This is diff That's the difference between law and grace. See, some people can't get healed because they're stuck on law. Well, we can't have you touch the buyer. We can't have you touch that situation because it'll make you unclean. It doesn't look right now, brother, and we can't have that here, and, and, and that's why they'll never see miracles. They'll talk about it. They'll preach about it. They'll outline about it. They'll shout about it. They'll clap about it, but they'll never see it because they won't do it. They want a lot of Holy Spirit room enough to make it happen. That's the difference between law and grace. One of the difference between law and grace. I would start talking about fact and truth, but I don't got the kind of time. And he came and touched the buyer, and they that they that bore bore him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he, delivered, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came fear on all. And they glorified God saying that a great prophet is risen among us. And that God had visited his people. My God. In 2023, get ready for visitations. Not because you're so good. But because you believe only on 